Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heat Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. So be it. See, sometimes you got to get that so be it in your, in your spirit, in your belly. So be it. It already is so. So you got to get that in your, in your belly. I can't get that for you. Yes. See, that's, that's the only thing that's, that's the only thing about, about the Christian walk is that can't nobody get it for you. You can't walk this thing on what your grandmama did. You can't walk this on your mama and your, and your friends. This is, this is a personal thing. You got to experience it for yourself. That's why even Dalton Thomas, they talked about, we talked about Dalton Thomas, and, and a lot of people, we look at him in the wrong sense, but all Dalton Thomas really was saying is, I got to get this thing for myself. I got to see it for myself. I know what they told me. I know what, I, I know what they talking about, but I got to see it for myself. And once I see it for myself, then I ain't got to worry about it. Ain't nobody got to tell me nothing. Ain't nobody going to be able to convince me once I see it for myself. Amen? And then it says in the scripture that Jesus did what? He showed him his scars. See, we got to quit hiding our scars from people. We got to quit hiding what we've been through from people. We all go through some things. We all have trials and tribulations. Quit hiding your scars. Because all a scar is meaning that you went through some things, but now guess what? You have survived. Because a scar is a wound that has been closed up. Amen. He didn't show him open, bleeding wounds. He showed him scars. He showed him the piercing in his hands, and he showed him the piercing in his side. He said, now, and then he said, stick your hand in. Touch me and see and know that you're eyeing the truth. And once you know for yourself, and how many sitting in here today, you cannot tell me that everybody sitting in here today has not had some experience with God. Some experience with God. And if you've had an experience with God, then there is no reason that you should be able to sit still. There's no reason that you should not be able to have expectations. Because the same God that did it for you then is the same God that is standing on the throne right now. Amen. Expectations. It's time to stir up. It's time to stir up. The people of God, we got to take this kingdom by force. The kingdom is at hand right now, but the enemy says that if he, if you don't want it, he'll maintain possession. But if we don't step up as people of God, with the power of God, with the authority of God, and claim our dominion, then he will continue to take what is ours. Amen? Amen. Understand who you are. Understand who you are. I'm way off the subject right now, but God is doing what he's going to do. Amen? Understand who who you are. We we worship God. We this we came up with the sprite right here. The the, the spirit. See, when you thirsty, the, the, the spirit will quench your thirst. Amen. He will quench your thirst. And then once your thirst is quenched, then you ain't got to worry about issues and problems and circumstances. God is quenching you because he said, I want you to have that passion. See that passion. When you're passionate about something, can't nobody stop you from, from doing that thing. 
See, we ought to get that passion. And I ain't talking about that passion, that Sunday morning passion. I'm talking about the passion that, that sustains, the passion that keeps us going through the whole time. I'm talking about that passion that no matter what, ain't nothing going to stop you from having that passion. Amen? See, Jesus was a passionate, passionate man. He didn't let nothing stop him. He didn't even let the storm stop him. Amen? When the storms came about in his life, he said, peace be still. He didn't even let not having a boat stop him. He said, I ain't got a boat, then I'll walk on the water. Amen. That's called passion. Ain't nothing going to stop me from getting to where I want to go. Amen. Amen. So I always, I tell God, say, wake up that passion inside of me. Because, see, when I was out there in the world and, and I was passionate about getting my little, my little weed sack, see, I ain't letting nothing stop me. I call up the one dope man he ain't having. I call up the second one. I call up the third one. I was passionate. Wasn't nothing gonna stop me if I had to go from here to there. I'm gonna get what I need to get. You passion. Yes. You see what I'm saying? But you gotta have passion for the things of God. Amen. Amen. That's what God is saying. He says, I ain't trying to get rid of the passion that you had. He said, but I need you to use it for something better, for something greater. Yes. So you got passion for that little boyfriend. You calling him all the time, texting him all the time, trying to figure out. He said, I want you to take that passion and I want you to use it for me. Call me all the time. Text me all the time. Talk to me all the time. See what I got to say. Yes. Have that passion for me. Amen. He says, and then through that passion, righteousness is already yours. See, that's what we got to we got to let the enemy stop fooling us. We already righteous. The word of God says that because of what he did on the cross, righteousness is already given to us. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. We can't go find it. All you got to do is discover it and know that it's already yours. It's a gift. Amen. Righteousness. And see, the enemy have you saying, well, I can't pray for this because I wasn't doing right. Or I can't pray because I cussed somebody out the other day. Or I can't pray about that because I've been gossiping. The devil is a lie. God says that you come to him in your righteousness through Christ. He says, humble yourself. Once you humble yourself, God, I am a sinner. I know that I've done wrong. But through your son, I will find the righteousness. I am the righteousness. And because of that, then guess what? I can have whatever you say that I'm supposed to have. Amen? Amen. See, we get so caught up on confessing sins. And there's nothing wrong with that. You have to confess your sins. The word of God said, confess your sins and he will be there quickly to, to forgive. But also what you have to learn how to do is start confessing the promise. Start confessing who God say you are. Start confessing that by your, by his stripes, you are healed. Start confessing the fact that he's going to supply all my needs according to the riches and glory. See, that's where the trust factor come in at. Now, I'm jumping ahead, but that is where the trust comes in at. See, when you trust God to say, he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory then you don't have no problem giving whatever God say give if he say give this you give this if he say give that you give that cause guess what it's all his anyway amen yes see you don't ask God God see we gotta switch up your thinking you can't say God what, what it is that you want me to give no you say God what it is that I got to keep Cause he is already all his. So anyway, so you, you gotta say, God, what of what of yours do I get to keep? Yes. Amen. Amen. See, you, you gotta switch your thinking. What is it? What what all this stuff that you've given me, it's yours already. Right. So what of it do I get to keep? Yes. Do I get to keep? Do I get to keep this money? Do I get to keep this job? Do I get to keep this house? This relationship? What is it that I get to keep? Yes. Because it's all yours. Yes. Amen. Amen. 
And that's where the integrity comes in. Because see, integrity, that's character. That's the character of God. And a character, if you want to know a man's character, know what he'll do when the, when the lights is off. Know what he'll do when ain't nobody else around to find out. That's what character is. Character is saying, you know what? I'll do the right thing when ain't nobody around. I'll do the right thing when ain't no cameras taking pictures. I'll do the right thing when I ain't even going to get rewarded for it. I'm going to do the right thing when won't nobody ever even know. I'm going to do the right thing. That's what character is. Yes. Amen. And then we know that God is an everlasting, everlasting God. Amen. Amen. Everlasting God. Meaning that no matter what you go through, it says that his word shall last longer than anything. Amen. Amen. His word is going to be here. Even when the world ends, guess what? His word will make it come back. Amen. That's the kind of God we serve. So we got to get excited about the God that we serve. We got a God that is so powerful, that is so mighty. If you just think about the things that God has done in your life, you ain't even got to look at the Bible. Just look at your life. What has God done for your life? You cannot tell me that he ain't done something for you. You can't tell me that he ain't been there for you. Yeah, it might be a little shaky now. It might be a little funny now, but you cannot tell me 100% that God has not done nothing for you. If it's, if you are that person, then I want you to stand up and let me know, because I just want to see how can God, the God that I know, not have done nothing for you. Amen. Amen. We thank you, God. And we just bless your name, Father God. See, we got a God that is powerful. We got a God that will do so much for us. Matter of fact, thank you, God. It's already done. Amen. It's the finished work, hey people. It's already done. We keep on saying, God, I want you to, I want you to show me this and do this and do that. God says, I'm finished. I'm done. I'm done. It's not that you're supposed to discover where the finished work is. You just gotta learn that it is finished. And once you learn that it's finished, then walk on that thing. Operate on that thing. That's why it says that that the, the his answers to his promises are yes and amen. amen. And so it is. And so it is. When Jesus was getting ready to feed the 5,000, the disciples, they had done walk with this man, done seen all kind of miracles. The very first miracle, they saw him turn water to wine. And yet here they go him and hard because they ain't got enough money to feed the people at the, at the picnic. And they like, how we gonna do it? How we gonna do it? Then a little boy called his two piece snack dinner, and he say, here, here you go. This ain't mine anyway. I'm, this, this is what you supposed to have. And they say Jesus took it, and it said the first thing he did was blessed it and did what? Gave thanks for the multiplication. He already knew what God was gonna do. He just knew that he had to be in the right place at the right time, saying the right thing, doing the right thing. Amen. And he just said, here. Blessed, this is God. And he said, here, start passing it out and see what happens. Thank you, Jesus. See, when you start thanking God in advance, start see what happens. Watch what happens. When you start th thanking God in advance. See, we've been tricked. We, we've been tricked to praise God after the storm. Praise God after you done got the harvest. Praise God after you get the victory. Praise God after the job show up. Praise God after the relationship gets restored. Praise God after the money show up. See, we, it's, it, we praise God after the fact. 
God says, when my people learn to praise me before the thing show up, before the thing happens, before the thing comes together, before all the ducks line up in a row, when you learn to praise me before that, guess what? Your process will be quicker. Hallelujah. Because he says when he, he knows that when you say thank you beforehand, he knows that you have faith and trust in who he is. Amen. And that's all God ever wanted us to do was to have faith and trust and rest in who he is. Amen. And that's all we got to do. Amen. Turn to your Bibles in, in Second Kings. I'm going to try to go ahead and do this thing, but he got me going up here. Amen. Because we just got to understand who we are dealing with. We got a powerful God. Powerful God. And it's it, powerful. Y'all just need to get that in your system. If you don't get nothing out of here today, know that you serve a powerful God. That one little simple line in the Lord's Prayer. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But we don't even believe that. We don't believe that. We don't believe that. That's a, that one little line right there is enough for the whole Bible. You shouldn't even, you, don't, you, mess, you really don't even need nothing else. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, period. What does that mean? I shall not want joy. I shall not want peace. I shall not want money. I shall, and what it don't mean that you don't have a desire for those things. It just means that guess what? If the Lord is your shepherd, those things don't show up. Amen. It says, goodness and mercy shall follow you, what? All the days. On Sunday? All, all the days of your life. Goodness and mercy shall follow. And then in the in the in the uh, in the Greek, that follow word really translates into chase you down. See, we look at his father like he's right behind. No, you got goodness and mercy trying to chase you down, trying to catch you, trying to hold on to you. He said he's going to follow you all the days of your life. You ain't even got to worry about it. That's why in the beginning you can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I ain't got to want for nothing because he's going to chase me down. Even if I'm out of position, it's still trying to chase me down because the grace of God says that I don't want none to suffer. Amen? Amen. Know who we serve Second Kings chapter three. Who good God Almighty? Hallelujah. I don't know about y'all, but I don't already preach myself happy. Amen. I do it by myself. Amen. Second Kings chapter three. I might have just been preaching to myself. I don't know. I'll take it. I'll take it. I will take it. Because sometimes you gotta remind yourself of who God truly is. Amen. Amen. So 2 Kings chapter 3. And this is going to tie in a little bit of what, what I just was talking about. And I'm starting at, um, let me see, I'm going to start at verse 9, verse 9. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. It says, so the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. So we got three kings right there. We got Israel, the church. We got Judah, which is praise, and Edom, which which is which is symbolic of almost Adam, which is man. And they made a circuit of seven days' journey, a complete journey. Catch catch these things. And there was no water for the army 
or the cattle that followed them. <laughs> Ain't that something? Wasn't no water for the army. So if it wasn't no water, what, 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 what was they probably having? Thirstiness. Thirst. <laughs> See, you can't plan this. You can't plan this. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody saw my notes. You can't plan God. Amen. Amen. You can't plan God. But they was thirsty. Amen. Had to be. Walking for seven days, and there was no water for the army or for the cattle that followed them. Then the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings to give them into the hand of Moab. See, when, when, when you get thirsty sometimes, the enemy will start speaking crazy thoughts into your head. And so now this king is sitting here saying, oh, God done called us out here so our enemies can take us out. See, the devil will tell you, see, you thirsty right now. The reason why you thirsty because God won't even supply, you, supply even the water to you. You thirsty for that job, but God won't even have nobody call you back because you don't deserve it anyway. And yet, then I guess I don't deserve it. I have been doing and this, that, and that. See, that's the enemy. The devil is a lie. Amen? Yes, amen. And then in verse 11, it continues. It says, but. See, I love that. See, sometimes your butt will get in the way. <laughs> but it says, but. Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord here? See, somebody got to know how to call on God. Yes, See, when people are thirsty, yes. when things are going bad, when things ain't lining up the way you want to, somebody got to have a butt big enough to say, you know what? I'm going to turn my butt around. Because that is there not a prophet somewhere? Is there not God somewhere? Yes. 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 See, I love butts in the Bible. That means we're going to turn some things around. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord here? I mean, somewhere it's got to be. Then he says that we may inquire of the Lord by him. See, I got to find this prophet so I can hear from God. And then it says, and one of the king of Israel's servants, see the servant, wasn't even another one of the kings. See, don't judge a book by the cover. Just cause somebody's sitting on the throne, just cause somebody has seen to have all the power, they might not be walking in nothing. It was the servant that said, yeah, I know where God is. Amen. Amen. See, it's the servant. Because how many know that loyalty comes before royalty? Amen. Yes, God. And so the servant says, right here in verse in verse 11, it says, the Israel's servants answered and said, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here, who used to pour water out on the hands of Elijah. Yeah, I know this man. That's what he's saying. I know this dude. He used to, he used, he was hooked up with the great prophet Elijah. So I know if, it, if, if he was with him, then he got to know. In verse 12, Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. See, Jehoshaphat was convinced. It didn't take a bunch of, it didn't take a bunch of him and hard. Once he knew that this man was a man of God, okay, I'm finna see what he got to say. And it says, so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. See, sometimes you gotta go to God. You gotta go to God. Not that he, not that, that, that he's not ever present. Not that he's not always with you. But sometimes he just wanna see, do you have that passion enough to seek him? It says seek him first. Amen. He ain't gotta seek you. He know where you are. Amen. When we talked about the questions of God, he said, Adam, where are you? He already knew where Adam was. He was just asking why. So Adam would know where he was himself. Amen. Amen. So Jehoshaphat and all the kings went down in verse 12. Then in verse 13 it says, Now Elijah said to the king of Israel, What do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. 
And the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to give them into the hand of Moab. See, Elijah, Elisha was, was testing this king of Israel. Because see, the same king of Israel, the one I said what, was talking crazy. See, the enemy guy will have you talking crazy sometimes. So Elisha, when he come up, when he comes up to Elisha, Elisha say, what, 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 what you want to do? What, what I got to do with this? This ain't my issue. This ain't my problem. But see, again, he's asking one of those God-type questions. Do you have the passion enough to continue on even though it looked like you might not be blessed right now? Do you have the, the, the endurance to keep on going even though it might not look like God is answering your prayer? So they went to this man of God and he, he giving them a cold shoulder. And what does what is, what is the king of Israel do? He say, well, God has brought us here for the Moabs to take us out. See, he's still speaking the crazy thing. Amen. See, when the blessings don't show up, you can't keep speaking that crazy stuff. It says what? Power, the power of life and death is what? In the tongue. What is coming out of your mouth in your situation? Then in verse 14, it says, Elisha said, so somewhere, even though it's not written in here, somebody got Elisha's ear. And I believe it was the, it was either the servant or it was Jehoshaphat. It, it's not written in scripture, but sometimes you gotta, you gotta let God and the revelation speak to you. Because Elijah began to say something what God is saying. Well, the only way to provoke God is by faith. Because I know that my word of God says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I know that the king of Israel didn't have the faith. So it had to be somebody somewhere to get, to get to Elijah's ear to him to release the word of God. See, if you're trying to get to that bridge from here to there, you gotta have that thing called faith to walk across the bridge. Faith is the bridge. It ain't to get you across the bridge. Faith is the bridge. If you're going from the from the wilderness to the promise, it's going to take faith. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So then it says in verse 14, Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives. See, we serve a living God. Living God, amen? Somebody say a living God, meaning he ain't dead. Our God don't sit up on no shelf like a statue, Amen? Amen. It says, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, were not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat. Oh, see, there it is in verse 14. See, I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat. I'm speaking on Jehoshaphat faith. Because see, you King Israel, you come with all that mess. You come with all that doubt, that worry, and that fear. But see, I need somebody who's going to have the faith, the trust. I need somebody who's going to rest in the word of the Lord. Amen? So in the presence of Jehoshaphat, because I know he got the faith. I know he know what's going on. It says, the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, which is the king of praise. Amen? Amen. I would, not, I would not look at you nor see you. But in verse 14, he says, but now bring me a minstrel. For, for everybody, that's a fancy word for a musician. Amen. Bring me a minstrel. And it comes about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him, meaning Elisha. Very key right there. When the minstrel play, when the music play, see what are you listening to? Especially the young people. What music are you got in them iPods and in them headphones? What's beating in your ear? See what's beating in your ear might be the reason your life is beat down. Amen. See you got to take in the right thing. It says when the minstrel played, then the presence of God came in to this man's life, into Elijah's wife. See if you want the instructions from God, when you want the things from God, you got to know what's coming into your ear. The word says. 
that faith come by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith come by hearing, hearing what's coming into your ear. Everything ain't meant to come into your ear. Just cause the beat is hot, just cause it sound good, just something. Some of that stuff is not supposed to come into your ear. It's just that simple as that. When that stuff comes into your ear, it enters into your ear, then it enters into your imagination. It's creating subconscious thoughts, which eventually flow down to your heart. Then over time, it becomes your life because it says that the issues of life flow out of your heart. So it starts in just by what you're taking into your ear. Amen? Amen. And it says in verse 15, I mean, in 16, he says, he said this, Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of trenches. For thus said the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink both you and your cattle and your beast. This is but a slight thing in the hand of the Lord. He will give, he will also give the Moabites into your hand. Then you shall strike every fortified city and every choice city and fell every good tree and stop all springs of water and mar every good piece of land with stones. What is all that saying? He gave them a simple instruction. A simple instruction to do what? Dig trenches. But now that might have sounded crazy to them because they're in the middle of a desert and Elisha says, I want you to dig some trenches. Dig, dig some holes in the ground. He said, but don't, it ain't no, ain't no wind gonna come. And it ain't no rain, but they gonna fill up with water. How crazy do you think that would have sounded? How crazy would that sound to us right now? If God said, go outside right there and dig some holes in the ground, but, but it's not gonna rain. I'm not even gonna blow water over there, but when you wake up, it's gonna be some water in the ground. How many know that sound crazy? Amen. That's just a myth, right? But how many know sometimes God will use the crazy things, like it says, it'll use the dumb things to confound the wise. He's saying, I just want to see if you're going to do what I say do. Because then Elijah goes ahead and he confirms, he said, he said, this is but a slight thing. He's like, this ain't nothing. He said, this little simple instruction I'm giving y'all to do and what God is saying he's going to do, this really ain't nothing. But God really just want to see if you're going to do it. Amen. So the key thing is, first of all, when you're having those issues like that, and when you're having those problems, is you got to go to God. But you got to go in faith. You can't go like the king of Israel. You got to go like Jehoshaphat. You got to go in faith and say, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm coming in, like Paul said, you got to come with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Amen? You start off with the prayer. God, I, I, I got this need. I got this situation. But then supplication means that you're turning your burden over to him. So God, this is what I got going on. But now God, in supplication, I'm going to turn it over to you. And now after I've done that, I can have thanksgiving. Because I'm through with we can once you put it down to God, don't come back and pick it back up. That's like leaving the luggage. When you go and get on the airplane, you you check your luggage in. This is my luggage. I'm turning this burden over to you. I don't want to carry it no more because I can't carry it from here to there. So I'm gonna give it over to you. The the baggage handler, the baggage handler takes it, and then you can say thank you because you ain't got to deal with that no more. Amen. Well, that's what God is saying. I'm the baggage handler. He said, turn that stuff over to me. You ain't got, and then the, the best part about it is, he said, I'll lose your baggage. You ain't got to have it no more. Amen. This is the kind of baggage you want lost. Amen. Uh -uh -uh. 
So you got to go to God first, but then you got to do the, the hardest thing in the world. What's the hardest thing in the world to do for God? Anybody know? Trust to keep the faith. But even prior to that, what does it take to trust? Faith. Faith. But even even before that, that son is even a root of that. What's one of the hardest things to do when God gives us an instruction? Obedience. 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 Simple obey. We by nature are disobedient. We born into iniquity. That's what born into sin and iniquity means. Look at babies. Babies are naturally disobedient. You say stop, they keep doing it. You say stop, they do it. You pop them, they do it again. We learn obedience because we live in a fallen world. So things are naturally disobedient. So it becomes hard to obey God. But it says right here, he says, dig these trenches. Dig these trenches. But see, obedience comes with comes with a reward. That's why it says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Because see, sacrifice sometimes means that he had to take it from you. He had to strip it from you. Obedience says that I gave it to you. You see what I'm saying? Again, what I was talking about earlier between God, what do I give to you? And God, what do I get to keep? See, giving is a sacrifice. It's hard to give sometimes and pay them tithes and do all that. That, that. that seems like a sacrifice. But obedience says, ain't none of it mine anyway. What do I get to keep? Yes. What do I get to keep? Yes. And see, obedience has a reward. Turn turn real quickly to, to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23. Are we getting something out of this this morning? Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 23. And Exodus 23, starting at verse 20, it says, Behold, I am going to send, Exodus 23, verse 20. Behold, I am going to send an angel before you to guard you along the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Be on the guard before him and obey his voice. Do not be rebellious towards him, for he will not pardon your transgression since my name is in him. But... If you truly obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversary. Amen. How many know that that's a good, a good receipt to have in your book? How many know that's a good check to cash, meaning that God, okay, if I obey you, then you gonna, my enemies will be your enemies, my adversaries will be your adversaries. That's how you can say that if God be for you, then nobody can be against you. How can you say that? Because you obey God. See, we stand, we like to stand on these scriptures. If God for you, then can't nobody be against you. But are you obedient to God? Because if you ain't obedient to God, then he might not be standing for you. He might not be for you in that particular situation in time. Amen? Amen? It all comes through obedience. See, obedience transforms us. It reveals more of, a, more of what God sees in us. It's planned for, there's this plan for us. It's, it's a, it, it, obedience brings revelation. That's what I'm trying to say. Obedience brings revelation. Amen? But then eventually, that obedience does carry into what somebody, I heard somebody say, which is trust. Which that's still a harder thing to do, but it, but 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 once you once you get into that obedient mindset, I'm gonna follow these instructions that God gave. I'm gonna do what God said. Then then you can get into that trust, Amen. Amen. And then you can go to then you can understand what what it says in, in Jeremiah. Turn to turn to Jeremiah twenty nine. 
Jeremiah chapter 29 real quick. Because then once you obey God, you, you're saying, God, okay, you know what? I'm going to do what you said do. I'm going to say what you said say. See, some of us are just sitting around. God done told us to say things. God done told us to do things. But we just sit there because we're like, well, I don't want nobody to think that I'm this or I don't want nobody to think that I'm trying to be that. God says, don't worry about what somebody else thinks, say, or do. Why are you not trying to please me? Why are you not trying to say what I say do? Amen? Because, again, if God be for you, then what? Who can be against you? Then in Jeremiah 29, in verse 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. He says, I know the plans I have for you. I know these things. He says, you just got to trust me. I already got it mapped out. I order your steps. But you got to be able to follow orders. See, that word works two ways. Order means, yeah, all lined up and in perfect order. But order also means that, guess what? I got to give out orders. I got to receive and obey those orders. But if I do that, then I know that he has plans for me. And they are for my good. They are for a hope and expect the end. That's why I can say what? Thank you and amen. Amen? And then we, we got to receive that plan in faith. In James chapter 1. Turn that real quick. James chapter 1. I know we flip it, but I like for you to see it in the word. Because when you get in this thing, then it'll get down in you the way it's supposed to be. Amen? Amen. And then you will understand truly who we are in God. Because that's the whole purpose, is to know our identity. To know who we are. So once you know who you are, then you know what you have to claim. What you have to get from God. And it's not that we're just trying to get some stuff. It's not that we're just trying to trying to have some stuff. It's just that we're trying to have our identity of who we are. James chapter 1, starting in verse 5. Somebody read that for me who got it. James chapter 1, starting in verse 5. Anybody, I don't care. James chapter 1, starting in verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not give you If you need wisdom. That's good. If you if you need wisdom, what is that saying? You got to receive this thing by faith. You got to receive it by faith. You got to know that what God has for you. He says all you got to do is ask. If you if you lacking that thing, ask God, and He'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. If you need the wisdom for a situation, He'll give it to you. If you need if you need the strength for a situation, He'll give it to you. He says in your weakness, He is strong. He says, but you just got to have faith. You got to receive His plans. For your life by faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. But see, it takes courage, though. See, it takes courage for us to, 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 to do that thing. And that's why throughout the scripture, if you just if you just Google or, or go to a Bible that you can search through and you just search the word fear not. And just see how many times, countless times, that God says, Fear not. Or be strong and be courageous. Google that one too. Strong and courageous. Because see, God doesn't want us to walk in fear. That's why he says in the word, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. But I gave you a spirit of what? Power, of love, 
and a sound mind. See, that power only comes through the Holy Spirit. The power to do the things that God says that with me, all things are possible. Without me, some things might not be possible, amen? But that's that power, that resurrection power, the power that can raise things from the dead, the power that can bring things back to life, the power that Elijah was talking about right here when he said, even though ain't going to be no rain, it's going to be some water that show up in these trenches, amen? That's the power. And then he says, in the love. Love. If you ain't doing it in love, then it don't even need to be done. Amen. He says that God so what? Love the world that everybody that believed, everybody that believed, you should have eternal life. Amen. Amen. But that's that's how much love. See, God, God gave up everything. God gave up everything. He gave up his own son because of the love he had for us. How much more can a man give than to give a life? For you. Amen. Amen. That right there enough should be enough for you to know that because God gave his life so that we can have redemption, so that we can have righteousness, so that we can be brought back in the right standing, so that we can connect and have perfect harmony with him. He gave up his son. That should be enough to praise his name all by itself because he didn't have to do that. Yes. Amen. He didn't have to do that. That's why he says, be strong and courageous. And Joshua, he tells him, he says, he says, be strong and courageous when he's about to go into the promised land. See, some of us are about to walk into our promises sooner rather than later. But God says, be strong and courageous. Just because you see the giants in the fields over there, just because you see those things, he says, don't worry about those things because I have a plan for you. I have ordered your steps. He says, you don't think that I knew that the giants was over there? You don't think that I didn't know that the enemy was already there? He said, but I prepare a table before your enemies. What does that mean? He said, you're going to be able to go and sit down at the table and eat. Because when you're eating, you, guess what? You, when you're eating, you're you comfortable. You're not worried about things. Your head is not on a swivel. That's what kind of God we serve. He says that you can sit down in comfort at the table and eat, kick back and relax, even in the presence of your enemies. Amen. That's the kind of God we serve. He says, watch me move. Just watch me move. Because look at, go, if you got your Bible, go back to Kings, back to 2 Kings chapter 3. Because I want to show you what, what God did. See, this is what God can, this is what God will do for us once we go to Him and say, God, you know what? I got these issues. I got these problems. I got this decision that I'm trying to make. Once you go to Him and you say, God, Whatever you tell me to do, whatever the answer is, see, we, we, we gotta, we gotta have that whatever the answer is. Cause sometimes the answer ain't gonna be what we thought it should have been. Sometimes the answer's not gonna be to come the way we thought it should have come. We thought it was coming from over here, but it actually comes from over there. Amen? We, a lot of people get so confused a lot of times, cause they think that the answer always supposed to come from the man of God, and, and the, the prophet of most high is supposed to say, the, the, your answer from God might come from a drunk on the street. And he just stumbled up to your car asking you for some money, but then he say something so profound that it shifts your whole mindset. Amen. Amen. Don't worry about how it comes. You just say, God, just get it here. I don't care how you get it. What's that song used to say? I don't care how you get here. Just get here any way you can. I don't care how you get here, God. Just get here any kind of way you can. I'm not going to reject your blessing how it shows up. Amen. But in 2 Kings chapter 3, if you look at verse 20, it says, It happened in the morning. In the morning. Amen. What does it say? Weeping may endure for what? 
at night. But what happened in the morning? Joy shall come in the morning. Amen. See, you got to switch from that weeping time. God says, it's time out for all that weeping and crying and sobbing and acting like you had a funeral. God says, we don't have funerals in the kingdom. If anything do get buried in the kingdom, it's only planted so that it can bring forth the harvest. He says, we don't bury in the kingdom. Amen. So if we don't bury in the kingdom, then what you crying for? What you weeping for? Yeah, I know it hurt. I know they did you wrong. I know it didn't feel right. I know they left you. I know they abused you, broke you, busted you, and disgusted you. He said, but it's time to get up, wipe off yourself, and walk on. Because you're a kingdom kid, and you got more power, you got more authority, you got more dominion than you walking in. Hallelujah. And now he says, walking. Joy has come. In the morning. And it says in verse 20, it happened in the morning about the time of offering the sacrifice. That behold, water came by way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. How many songs say God showed up? God showed up. They did what they said to do. They might have looked crazy digging them trenches. Here you got military men, soldiers. They out there digging trenches. They probably like, man, what has he got us out here doing this for? We need to be preparing for the enemy. He coming to fight us. He, we need to be sharpening our swords. We need to be polishing our shields. We need to be doing everything that's military life. But God says, no, I want you to dig ditches. I don't want you to be a soldier. I want you to be a civil engineer today. Mm. Amen. See, some of us are following our own plans and we wonder why things ain't working out for us. Because we're trying to be this. And God says, no, this season, I need you to be that. You want to be, you want to be a star. You want to be this. You want to be all that. But God says, no, I need you to sit down over here and I want you to mentor these, these kids over here. Amen. Amen. But see, sometimes we just, we want things our own way. And not that God won't give us permissive will, but how many know that it's better to be an ordained will than permissive will? Permissive will says, yeah, I'll let you do it. You can go ahead and do that. But ordained will says, this is what I've ordered for you before the foundation of time. I already know the end of this thing at the beginning. All you got to do is walk it out because I am the author. And if I'm the author, then you also know I'm going to finish this thing. He said that I'm going to watch over the word that is inside of you so that it will perform the thing that I have sent it to do. All you got to do is get in my ordained will, my ordered will, and watch how I move. Amen. And then it says, now the, all the Moabites heard, in verse 21, now all the Moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against them. And all who were able to put on armor and older were summoned and stood on the border. So basically all the Moabites, they done heard the, 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 the Israelites and all them is coming. So everybody arming up. But meanwhile, the Israelites have been digging ditches. See, the enemy over here preparing for, for war. And God said, you know what? I'm finna give you sweatless victory. You ain't gonna have to even worry about that person on your job who talking all that junk. See, you, you, that person, they, they, they digging a ditch for you. But like, like your old folks used to say, if you dig in one ditch, you better dig two. Amen. Cause you, the ditch you digging gonna be for you. Amen. So that's what you gotta understand. See, why the enemy over there preparing to do battle, that's why God can say, no weapon form shall prosper. The enemy might be forming, they might be putting on their armor. They might be doing everything to, to bring you down, but he says it ain't going to prosper. Amen? Amen? And it says in verse 22, they rose early in the morning and the sun shone on the water. And the Moabites saw the water opposite them as red as blood. 
Then they said, this is blood. The kings have surely fought together and they have slain one another. Now, therefore, Moab to the spoil. So the water had filled up these trenches. The Moabites look at the water in the trenches and they think that the water is blood because the sun, God done had the sun shine as a bright red and now it's casting down and reflecting into the water. So the Moabites wake up. They probably been drinking all night, getting ready to fight. And now they look into the water and they see, oh yeah, they done killed each other. Let's just go on over here and collect everything. See that's what the enemy will do to you sometimes. Oh, he looked down. He looked depressed. He looked busted and disgusted. Let me go on over here and take him on out. Let me go on over here and get the rest of them. But we we serve a God to say, yeah, enemy, you come on over here if you want to. You bring yourself on over here if you want to, because I got something for you. Run up in here if you want to. I might look down. I might look dead. I might look like I done ran out of something. But as soon as you walk up in here, you're going to know who I am. Amen. Amen. And that's what he did. He said they rose early in the morning. Then in verse verse 24, it says, but when they came to the camp, see that that butt again. But when they came to the camp, when the enemy came to the camp, the Israelites arose, bam, got up. See, sometimes you got to get up. You got to stand up in this thing. You say, you know what? I'm the righteousness of God. I have the power of God that's inside of me. I walk with God. I walk I walk to God. I am with God. God is with me. Who is for me? God. If he for me, can't nobody be against me. I'm finna rise up. I'm gonna lift my head up. I'm gonna walk with my head high. I'm gonna get my Jesus swag on and I'm gonna know who I am because we know that Jesus and God are some bad men. Amen? Amen. And so it says, in verse 24 it says, they, so they but when they came to the camp Israelites arose and struck the Moabites so that they fled before them and they went forward into the land slaughtering the Moabites. Thus they destroyed the cities and each one threw a stone on every piece of good land and filled it. So they stopped all the springs of water and felled all good trees until Kirsareth only they left their stones. However the slingers went about it and struck it. Bottom line is how I many know basically the enemy was altered Utterly destroyed. Amen. Amen. Utterly destroyed. Utterly destroyed. See, through seeking God, obeying God, trusting God, and having trust in God, then we get to watch God move. Amen. Amen. We get to watch God move. We get to we get to watch God be who God is. How many know that God is the God that, that hung the stars in the sky? How many know that God is the God that shaped the mountains? God is the God that said, you know what, I'm going to take this dirt and I'm going to squeeze it up into mountains. God is the God that even hung, hung the very earth we in, in the sky. And then he hung it at an axis that if we, if we tilt just, just a millimeter or two wrong, we'll burn up. He hung that, we tilted at 23.439491 degrees. And if we go to 23.43492, we'll burn up. But that's how God said, I'm going to take this earth and I just want to tilt it just that much. Just that much. I want to put the sun just this far away. Because if I come in just, just two millimeters, they're going to burn up. See, that's the kind of God we serve. We serve a God that can say, you know what? I don't see anything out here. Let me speak it. He says, here, let there be light. Here, let there separate the earth from the, from the, from the sky. Let there suck the earth fill up with water. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen. Amen. 
That's the kind of God we serve. So we just walk in obedience with him. If we just seek him and say, God, what it is that you want for my life? We need to wake up tomorrow. Wake up with that first question in your life, in your mind. When you sitting there in the mirror brushing your teeth and you say, the God that's in me, what do you want me to do for you today? I'm open for you today. Just try for that one day, just to see. Just see what he do. And whatever he speaks to you, just do it. Just do it. Trust me, it ain't gonna, it's not gonna harm you. It's not, he just said it. I have a plan for you. It is good. Just try it. Everybody do that for me tomorrow. Just try it. When you wake up, God, what are, even the kids, students, everybody, what do you want me to do for you today? I'm open. I'm open for you to do whatever you want me to do. However you want me to be today, that's what I'm going to do for today. I, 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 I ain't going to promise tomorrow, but I, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to give you just this little bit today. And you just see what happens. Just see what happens. And then come back next Sunday and you tell me what happened. Because I expect some things to happen. Amen? Because that's the kind of God we serve. I expect some things to happen. Amen? Amen.